And so we ask now that you would fill this place, Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. I'm going to do something a little bit different this morning than um, what I've done to my brother. If you have a pan, you might want to pull it. I'm going to just sort of go through a chapter. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, though, the scripture that I'll be reading will be up here on the screen. And uh, you can just follow along that way. And we're going to kind of work our way through uh, 2 Corinthians 1. Let me say that the reason that I have selected this chapter... has been, um, well, I love it, for one, and it has really spoken to me. But as I was praying about this chapel, it occurred to me, um, and, and God really spoke to me on this one, that there were several things in this chapter that would be very appropriate uh, for a number of people in this room. And so as we read it, I pray that you will read it with open hearts, and allow God's word to just flow over you this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And on the way through the app track up here from before which father I was by the power of the synagogue of God in Corinth, together with all the saints in Achaia. Grace and peace to you. From God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the Father of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. For just as the sufferings of Christ flow over into our lives, so also through Christ our comfort overflows. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings that we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, our hearts, uh, in our hearts we felt the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God. And our tragedy that the road in our who deadly peril and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. As you help us by your prayers, then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Now watch where he goes with this. First of all, well, we'll talk about this in a minute. Now this is our boast, our conscience testifies that we have conducted ourselves in the world and especially in our relations with you in the holiness and sincerity that are from God. We've done so not according to worldly wisdom, but according to God's grace. For we do not write you anything you cannot read or understand. And I hope that, as you understood us in part, you will come to understand fully 
that you can boast of us just as we will boast of you in the day of the Lord Jesus. Because I was confident of this, I planned to visit you first so that you might benefit twice. I planned to visit you on my way to Macedonia and to come back to you from Macedonia and then to have you send me on my way to Judea. When I planned this, did I do it lightly? Or do I make my plans in a worldly manner so that in the same breath I say yes, yes, and no, no? But just as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no. But in him, it has always been Yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us. He set his seal of ownership upon us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. I call God as my witness that it was in order to spare you that I did not return to Corinth. Not that we lord it over your faith, but we work with you for your joy. Because it is by faith that you stand firm. Well, Corinthians became a little bit more alive to me, and I imagine this is the case for some of you as well who have traveled, uh, when several years ago I had a chance to go to Corinth. And um, I I don't know what I was imagining, but it was different than I imagined. And uh, as we we took a bus down from Athens, it was about 40 minutes south of Athens on this bus, and we crossed this uh, canal that sort of uh, was cut through for commerce that, that connects the Ionian Sea with the Aegean Sea. Took us, as I say, about 40 minutes to get down there, and we found Corinth to be this city, as so many are in the Mediterranean world, set on a hill. And it looked down over this whole area um, below it, both up and back. But at this it had much impact because when it was first built, I mean, you can walk through this all I through the different imagining, but it was different. And B didn't hear rhythm and this I make. And then, uh, as our uh, guide explained to us, this was probably the shop over here. And I'm always curious about these things, but. This was probably the shop over here that Priscilla and Aquila uh, had with, uh, that Paul helped them in the tent making. And, and as I walked through, I thought, whoa, this is, this is a, an amazing scene. Well, this Aaron, we Christ. I don't know to the people here at And it had about 200,000 folks in it. Well, this is Paul would as I this whole starts the but spirit actually this better always kind of a letter that we feel like is lost and then there is this third letter and Paul started the church and he lived there for about 18 months and he said he was going to come to tent make help them the Corinth but in fact uh, he needed to change his plans and he explains that a little bit in this first chapter about coming back and why he wasn't able to do it quite the way that they had uh, for the area. And his plan through, I thought, he, see, he put his original city 
and from 200 to a train to a hill over your hand to be these false teachers who, as soon as he didn't come back, started to stir things up and say, see, you can't trust anything that guy says. You know, he talked when it was peace. You can't count on him. And so he talks about his honesty and his sincerity and letting your yes be yes and your no be them in the times that you need God. Well, he begins by saying in verses 1 and 2, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God in Corinth, together with all the saints through Achaia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He says he was selected by the will of God. He was selected to be doing what he was doing by the will of God. And have you ever thought that you here at Westmont are here by the will of God? And as Paul opens all of his letters, or, or many of his letters, seen, you know, it's a barren, it's the unmerited favor to you. Here at West, it's the start able to do capital witness for to you. Uh, what is God's peace? God comes How many of us in this room today need God's peace? And Paul says, about many of us in our Father through our Lord Jesus Christ. In verses three through seven. And this is one that I really want you to pay close attention to. He talks about God, uh, God's compassion and God's comfort. And I think this is very appropriate for this campus at this moment. He says, God who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we are seeing comfort. And he is the first doing and comfort. I really want you to pay close for his people. And he scripture. Just think of examples. Well, there was a barren woman who was in pain. Cried. In verses two to to have a baby. And God came near. There were people who were in bondage for many, many years. And God set them free. There was a man who had just finished fighting an amazing uh, battle. He had been in the midst of spiritual warfare, and he, he, he fled and he fell and, and just needed rest and food and refreshment. And God did that for Elijah. He gave a lot of second, third, our cry. Father, I just think compenses to people who needed another chance because they'd blown it, our God of compassion, our God of all comfort. He gave a widow back her only family member, her son. And on and on the stories go. And you know what? If there was a movie made of your life at this very moment, every last detail of your life, you scary. He was so that and God were to see it, and he has, everything, everything, no matter how hard that would be for you to watch, he is forgiven, and he loves you, and he is the God of all comfort, and he is the Father of compassion. 
And by the power of his Holy Spirit, he has given us ability, each of us in this room, who claims the name of Jesus Christ, to comfort one another, to be able to comfort and care for one another. And I think we miss that a bit. So listen to this. Well, let me just tell you a story first from my own experience. Um, A hard one, uh, learning about this whole area of comfort and, and what it means for me now in this understanding to be able to pass it on. It was my birthday, actually, and my family was going to be going out to dinner that night to celebrate. And just as I was getting ready to leave and I dressed up, I received a phone call. And the phone call said, uh, your mother's had a heart attack. And um, can you get down here? And I lived in the Bay Area at the time, and I needed to find a plane somehow. And I needed to get down there as quickly as I could, and I did. Uh, and I, she was alive when I got there. As a matter of fact, she was alive for several days. And when I was down there, I, I, I slept in the hospital. I was there the whole time. I didn't move. And I, I, I was so taken back by this happening. It wasn't expected. And, uh, and people would come and go, and they would comfort, and they would support. But I felt like I was numb. I couldn't imagine that this was happening. And my mother waited until, um, until my brother, one of, I have two older brothers, until my little brother to be before to this way. And then over the next of a horrible thing to one another, as quickly as I could, and plan attack and courage. Around you, and you wonder, what is every problem? And I and I did five years ago. Get down, got there as a man. Come five even life at that time and was alive in the midst. She was alive. People there who showered us with I don't know, and came from. Listen to my mother slept and cleaning and letters and comfort. And as I stood by that graveside and about five minutes, uh, five not minutes, fortunately, five years later uh, with my father as well. I sensed God's presence in a way in that place as I never have, except for perhaps the birth of my children. God, uh, and God used his power. She was any, I slept. Why is courage? Also, I have two tiny people to uh, hold by that story that was maybe is a little lighter there our older daughter didn't move to me had i slept and there was was really one taken to her it did not i knew food and people my god this one got down and she got a rejection letter we were all pretty startled by that imagine God's her what is and I've I've told a few of you this, but uh, it's it's worth telling again. Uh, we went out uh, into the cul-de-sac in front of our house, and, and uh, we wanted to stand beside her, and we wanted to support her and encourage her, and let her know that life wasn't over. God had another plan for her, and so we went out and we filled the mailbox with firecrackers and we blew it up. I mean, we just blew that baby, you know, and 
And our neighbors, we could see several of our neighbors pressing their little faces against the window, you know. Like, what are the Nolings doing now? And it was so fun. But I have to believe that Jamie felt our encouragement in that. We banded together and we said, don't let it get you down. (laughs) God is with you. Okay, what am I getting at here? (laughs) I'm not going to suggest that you go home and blow up the mailbox. But I see a lot of students around this place, around the Westmont community, carrying a lot of baggage. You do, too. A lot of baggage, like they're alone in all of that. And maybe their homes are going through a divorce, or, or their students struggling with eating disorders, or addictions, or relationship issues, or loneliness, or financial issues, or guilt, or shame. And they're here, and they need comfort. And I also see a lot of you around this campus who have been through a lot. And though you may still feel the pain, and probably still feel the pain of those things that you have been through, you have walked through it. As one, God has given you a wisdom and an understanding from that experience. Community, like they bring you together, you students those of you who have walked through some of these things and those of you who are struggling and hiding in classes. How do we bring you together? Another baggage. Okay, and she was, you think, oh, maybe we wanted to that children and struggling with eating accurate is fun relationship has given you have been through lonely on this camp in their room of or so you say or how sacks is mm-hmm I'm fine I'm good see we smile I'm doing good you've walked this but and we just it's not necessarily the case and it's in the well how do we other plant community Around and are for a while. God has all I'm doing math. We have on top neighbor. Everyone's uh, they're sitting in their car in the middle of the night staring. Well, <laughs> you know the struggling. Perhaps they come to chapel and they wear dark glasses. Or maybe they're wearing dark heels in the shower still feel just maybe and of course, though you may, because he does talk baggage and let him a lot community, uh, and me, they kind of cover their head. You know, you think, uh oh, something's wrong. Are you sure you're okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Good. I'm good. Everyone's doing good and no one needs encouragement. But we have a God of all comfort. Who comforts us? We might discover those. How can we do that here? How can we do that on the Westmont campus? How can we become real with each other? Sometimes you don't have a choice. Sometimes you just break down weeping. 
And God provides someone standing there to talk to you. But I'd just like to suggest a couple of ways that we might learn on this campus to be with each other like this about the hurts that we're struggling with. Just with each keeps playing on him. Coming to my hints, coming to that. I see a lady tension. Meet with them. Meet with them. Have coffee with them. Just say, hey, do you have some time? When God keeps placing that one in front of you, and pay attention because he does that. You know, when we pray, a lot of times I hear people say, I, I, I have this huge list of things to pray for, and I just can't get to all of it. Have you really tried just to bring what do you need me to pray for today? Who is that person or those people? It's a much shorter list, generally speaking, than the burden that we load on ourselves. And who is that one or those two that he's placed on your heart today? Have a God. Act on that. God will give you the strength to do that. This week, of that person, just really to her off off campus, and pay attention. You know, you know, but took off her backpack, carried it in, had folded her clothes, sat down to talk with her, and find out how she was doing. That's encouraging. That's comfort. That's what we're supposed to be for each other. You know, if, you have, um, if you know someone who struggles with something that you've struggled with, think about it. Speaking, know of someone who has struggled with something that you have struggled with. Make sure that you try and engage them. Coffee, talking, break down the barriers, break down the walls. Be open with one another. Be honest. It's okay. All of us, all of us struggle. Observe. You know, there's that song that I love so well, I Will Change Your Name. And in it we sing, wounded, I will change your name, your name will no longer be called, wounded, outcast, lonely, or afraid. What can we do? What can we do to help someone walk through those things and see what God has really named them? And seniors, before you leave, and maybe you've already been doing this all year long, grab a freshman who needs some of the wisdom that you've picked up over these years. Grab a freshman. Help them out. Don't just play pranks on them. I mean, not that you would be doing that, of course. But just in case you are, or just in case you haven't thought of it, help the younger students. Well, sometimes it's hard to be vulnerable with each other, but that is exactly what Paul does in the next section. He talks about his hardship and despair in verses 8 through 11. We're not exactly sure what those hardships were, but Paul tells us 
that he despaired even of his life. He was desperate. He had been in pain, and we don't know what kind of pain. But he says to the new believers, I despaired even of my life. And he sets for us an example right there that we need to be caring for each other. And Paul boasts of his weakness so that he can point to God as his strength. The world teaches us to boast of our strength, doesn't it? Boast of your strength, boast of your degrees, boast of how much money you have, how good-looking you are. All the right circumstances have fallen in place for you. But Paul boasts of his weakness so that God might be glorified. And he goes on to say in verse 10 that God has delivered us, will deliver us, and will continue to deliver. It is ongoing with God who holds us firmly in his grip. And then he says, your prayers will not only help us, but others will give thanks for those prayers too. Your prayers will not only help us, but others will give thanks because you prayed. In the next section, verses 12 through 14, Paul answers his critics as to why he didn't return to Corinth when he said he would. His misunderstood motives, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, um, turned into Paul bashing. He was criticized for being unreliable and untrustworthy. And understandably, this would hurt his credibility immensely with new, new believers. But he says, you know what? Look at me. Did I not conduct myself with honesty? I've already been authority. And those things were, but in the section, section, perhaps more than any other place, he said the passage, I want the ongoing comfort deliver, grab with each other for another but go and use our magic minute. Pray we'll be able to and he said God promises to the new verses eight believers his disciples that we can have a firm stance. Our yes is yes, our no is no. But Verse 18, as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no. But in him, in his were always come and return here. Will in his a lot of why not strengthening teaches us prayers in us to know what we're going to say in us. And you do you know what a no face looks like? God and that we can can I can permit permit believers do you think I could hang out with you guys? Did I get the job? Did my medical exam come out okay? Into that college? 
We know what no faces look like, don't we? We see a lot of them. No. You know, I mean, even something basic like, can I have ketchup with those fries? You don't see the face of Jesus when he looks at you for those than any American ways. Hey, your prayers, God, yes, you've made Christ. For you need Jesus, God's arms, all of us to you. I'm able to be able to. Yes, do I have? Yes, for us, being permit for one. And this is always to be able to do this. Who is not far yet? Am I beautiful? Yes. Is there any hope for my bad relationship with my parents, my boyfriend, my girlfriend, my brother, my sister? Yes. Is there any hope for this country, for this world? Yes. Will life get any better than this? And Jesus, I think I can do a joking. But the next with the glory of being where do you tell job to see others the glory of God and for you. And maybe been a Christian, it looks like. And never, you ever done to God? Go Five verses. These last, I'm going to close with these last verses 21 and 22. Now it is God who makes both us and you to stand firm in Christ. That college and to be to us. He set his seal of ownership upon us, and he put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. He anointed us, his children, just like the prophets and the priests and the kings. You are anointed by God himself. He placed his seal of ownership upon you, and you may not be able to see that right now, but it's there, and you Belong to God. You are his child. And he put his spirit, his spirit in your heart as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. We don't have to guess what's ahead. God has given us a promise by the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Where in your life do you need to hear God's yes today? Who do you need to comfort? Who of you needs comfort? Let me close with God's words to you. Let's bow in prayer. And I read from Isaiah 41, 9 and 10. I took you from the ends of the earth, From its farthest corners I called you. I said, you are my servant. I have chosen you and have not rejected you.
so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Amen.